What an honor to be with you today. I want to talk to you today uh, on the subject, When Opportunity Knocks. When Opportunity Knocks. How many know today that God is a God of opportunity? He really is. He doesn't just want your life to be every once in a while. You experience a God opportunity. Every once in a while, you walk through the right doors because it is God's will for you to daily walk in his opportunity. It's not something that should happen once in a blue moon that we can't figure out how that had happened. That was a nice mistake. Um, that's not God's will. That's not God's plan. He doesn't want to frustrate you that you're always right there at the door, at the edge of opportunity, but never really enjoying and walking through the right doors. God's will for you is to live in opportunity, and that's so important. God wants you prepared and ready so that when that door opens up, you'll be ready to walk through it. Doors. Man, they're everywhere. Let's talk about doors for a few minutes. We don't realize how many doors we walk in and out of on a regular basis. We have front doors and back doors and sliding doors and Dutch doors. We've got pocket doors and basement doors, bedroom doors, bathroom doors, closet doors, fire-rated doors, glass doors, garage doors, bulkhead doors, and on and on the list goes, right? We've got more doors than we know what to do with. Um, and so how true that is, but doors have tremendous significance. A door can be an entrance or an exit. It can be a, a bridge to something great or, or a barrier to something that limits. It can be a, a door that uh, speaks loud and clear, you're welcome here. Or it can be a door that speaks loud and clear, you're not welcome here. Doors speak vital things to us, and a door can protect us from danger or provide access to new opportunities. So we don't realize how powerful doors are. In the Bible, doors have great spiritual significance. Think about it. Jesus said he's what? The door. He said, I'm the door. I'm the entrance to salvation. I'm the way. The Bible talks about a uh, a narrow door that leads to life and a wide door that leads to, to death. And, and it talks about the door to answer prayer. And the Bible says that the door to answer prayer is keep knocking on that door and it'll be answered to you. There are doors that God's open and no one can close them. There are doors that he closes and no one can open them, right? And we know the, the doorway to the presence of God is through praise and worship, and prayer, and we understand the Holy Spirit will guide us to the doors that we should walk through and the doors that we should not walk through. My purpose today is to get you thinking about doors, is to get you thinking about opportunities, is to get you thinking beyond all the drama of your life, beyond all the distractions of your life, oftentimes we're not thinking like we should about opportunities. We're just thinking, well, I'll just live my life and whatever door opens, opens, and I'll just walk through it, you know, que sera, sera kind of attitude, and we kind of live our lives like, whatever you want to do, God, I'm happy with, or, or if you don't want to do nothing, well, there you go, and that's not the attitude. We need to live on ex the edge of expectation. We need to really live with an awareness of the doors in our life, the opportunities in our life, what God wants to do in your life as a businessman, 
as a businesswoman, as a mom, as a dad, as, as sons and daughters, as young people. And, 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 and in so many ways, God so wants to open up your eyes. And that's the reason why I'm here. I'm here with a strong message on my heart today, knowing that I'm on assignment today because I believe there's something God wants to do in your life and in the life of Connect that he wants you to get ready for. Right? See, when opportunity knocks, it's too late to get ready. When opportunity knocks, you need to already be ready. You need to be prepared. You need to be in the place where you are are expecting and you are doing your due diligence to prepare your life, to prepare your environment, to prepare your business plan, to prepare your parenting plan and, 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 and your pathway to successful marriage and, and whatever it is that you need to do to improve yourself and continue to grow. So here's our key verse for today. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And here the Apostle Paul is informing the church at Corinth. He said, Corinth, I'm going to come to you. When I do, I'm going to have an extended stay with you. But before I do, there's something going on in Ephesus that I need to stay here. And he said this, and here's the reason why. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. It says, for a great and effectual door has opened up to me, and there are many adversaries. I'm sure you've heard this verse before. And years ago, when I was brand new in pastoring, the Lord opened up this verse to me and actually became a very key verse, as I'll explain as we move along. The Amplified Version says this of the same verse, For a wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me. There, a great and promising one, and there are many adversaries. I can say over the last 43 years married to my wife, Verna, um, and uh, 43 years in ministry, the 38 years pastoring IFC, the thousands of doors that have opened up to us over the year. It amazes us, the favor that we walk in. It amazes us. And sometimes we actually have to pinch ourselves to say, do you believe, babe, we're actually here? We're with these people? We're we're enjoying this kind of environment. We get to do what we get to do. And we think, oh, man, there is no way we could have opened up this door. Only God could have opened up this door. Doors of favor and provision and doors to meet people we admired and, 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 and had the opportunity for them to invest in our lives, the, the opportunity to communicate the gospel literally around the world and doors of opportunity that blessed our family, our two children and their spouses and our, our five grandchildren. It's just amazing when you think about it. And, and, and I'm sure each one of us today could take the time to rehearse the opportunities God has given us the opportunities of favor and blessing, and we'd all be blown away by the fact that look what the Lord has done. Some we feel like we deserve, some more than not feel like we don't deserve him. Look what God has done, the impossible things that he has done, and we can go on and on and give God all the glory for all that he has done. We'd be here for days talking about that. I said all that to say this. As much as that's true, listen, it pales in comparison to what God's about to do in your life. It pales in comparison to what God wants to do here at Connect. Why do you think God, you know, is sending your pastors away now? 
what comes back. It's not just get a tan, right? Uh, he loves getting brown. There's no doubt about it, right? He always says we're getting down and getting brown, right? He, that's his favorite statement. There's no doubt about it. He will be brown by the time he comes back. I mean, right? Absolutely will. But why now? Why now? That's not by accident. God's a master orchestrator. God knows exactly what he's doing. His timing is impeccable, right? He knows exactly what he's doing. So God's saying, hey, church, it's not just sabbatical for your pastors. Amen. It's getting prepared for what's yet still to come. Am I in the right room? I love it. Amen. The reason why this is so strong, because you need to get ready for doors of breakthrough and provision. You need to get ready for doors of healing and restoration and doors of favor and strategy and doors of love and compassion. It's time to prepare our hearts. It's time to grow our faith. It's time to, to set our expectation high uh, for what God desires to do. The question for you today is, when opportunity knocks, will you be ready? Will you be ready? How many opportunities have we missed in the past because we just weren't ready? That amazing opportunity rose up and we didn't have our money together. That opportunity didn't come up and, and we didn't get out of debt like the Lord told us to. Or, or that opportunity came up and we were just in the wrong place at the wrong time and didn't have the right words or, or, or were totally unprepared. Amen. So let's take a few minutes today and let's talk about why doors are so important. I don't, want you, I don't want you leaving here without a, an awareness of doors in your life. Amen. I'm going to give you five things you need to know about the doors in your life. You ready? That was a question. You ready? Yeah. Amen. Number one. Amen. All these points are up on your screen. Number one, every door is a decision. Every door is a decision. In the Bible, doors are metaphors for choices that we make every day. They really are. They're metaphors for choices that we make on a regular basis. Look up on your screen. It says this, your choices, not your circumstances, determine your destiny. Let's pause there for a minute. Think about that. Let it sink in. Your choices, not your circumstances, determine your destiny. See, I get it. I get why circumstances are so overwhelming. I get when you go through seasons of drama, or maybe you've never left seasons of drama, and you're used to drama. You're used to confusion. You're used to contention. You're used to things falling apart. Or maybe you're going through a season where your heart's broken in a million pieces, and you're, you're clueless of what the next step is. You don't know how to move forward. Circumstances can be all around us, and they gang up on us. And it's usually not one circumstance. It's usually like the machine gun of circumstances. Ever been there? It's not just one thing. It's not just your money. It's also your marriage, your children, your, your finances, your health, right, uh, your job. There's usually many things that happen to us. And so what happens is it's very easy. I get it. It's very easy to be overwhelmed by circumstances to make them the chief thing in your life. But I'm telling you, that's not God's plan. That's the enemy's plan. The enemy wants you to be so distracted by circumstances, you forget something else trumps your circumstances as big as they are, and it's your choices. 
Your choices will always trump your circumstances. Oh, I know it might be bad news. I know the doctor might have given you something that just blew, kind of blew your mind about your life and your future. And I know your spouse has said something that you could never expected him and you didn't sign up for, and the news, and, the, and, and what it did to you, I get it. It's overwhelming, no doubt. But choices have greater ramification than your circumstances. Why? Because choices can change your circumstances. Be a better amen than that in this place. Come on. I might not be PD or as big as he is, but... You can give me the same amens you give him, eh, right? All right. It goes on to say, listen, read it. It's easier to blame your circumstances than take personal responsibility for your choices. Oh, pastor, you don't get it. It's the neighborhood. If you lived in the neighborhood I did, man, I, I'm, I'm unsafe. It's my neighborhood. You don't get it. It's my, it's, my, it's my crazy wife. You don't get it. It's my cheating husband. You don't get it. It's my kids that I don't trust anymore. You don't get it. It's, it's, it's the doctor's report. You don't get it. I, I have cancer, pastor. You don't get it. There are certain things in my life that are just out of order. I'm overwhelmed. If I, if I don't get a breakthrough, man, I'm going to have to file bankruptcy. I get it. I get that, again, that circumstances can be overwhelming, but it's easy to blame those things. And to think you're scot-free that you don't have to make the right choices in the midst of all hell breaking loose in your life. Am I in the right room? The second thing you need to know about the doors in your life. Number two, your destiny will be shaped by the doors you walk past and the doors you walk through. Not every door is supposed to be walked through. Just because it has a handle doesn't mean it belongs to you. Just because it's an access place to some place doesn't mean you're supposed to walk through it. Amen. You need to understand that today. The challenge for all of us is to know, right, which doors are the right doors and which doors are the wrong doors. Because every time you walk through a door, there's a price to pay. It'll cost you time. Money, emotions, effort, energy. Amen. Well, let's be honest. How many here have ever walked through a door, feeling like, I know that I know this is the right door, and it was the wrong door? Let me see your hand. Right? Get right behind me. I'll lift my other foot if I didn't fall over. Right? Been there, done that. Right? Bought the T-shirt, burned the T-shirt. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Every one of us have been through that situation, right? Depending upon the door, though, depends upon the level of circumstances. Sometimes it's a small price to pay. Sometimes it's a huge price to pay. There are people today still suffering from the wrong door they walk through. Wow. It's painful. It's not fun. We get it. It's not good. So what happens oftentimes is we just give up. We just give up and think, I, I, I can't do this. And I'm sure you agree that, that it's overwhelming at times. That's why it's so important that we get this right. The Bible calls the ability to get it right, it's called discernment. Knowing right from wrong, knowing best from what's not so good, right? To knowing 
exactly what it is. I don't have time to teach on that today, another subject, but, but learning how to be led by your spirit, learning how to hear the voice of God, that still small voice, learning how to follow after peace that we sang about today. And I'm sure you're well taught here. You know exactly what I'm talking about today, but it's something we have to practice. The more discerning you are, the more you will be enabled to choose the right door, especially when it comes to your money and your relationships. Deuteronomy 30, 19, a verse of Scripture I'm sure you're very familiar with, says, Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. It's like we have an exam, and it gives us the answers to the exam ahead of time. Oh, that you would choose life and that you and your descendants might live. See, your choices are not just about you. Your choices are for your kids, for your legacy. You want to pass on the same dysfunction in your own life? Well, of course you don't. we got to make better choices. Amen. See, I'm always amazed how many people I meet who have a broken chooser. A broken chooser. Looking for love in all the wrong places putting money in all the wrong investments, always being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you might think, I don't get it. I can't get it right. And when I, get it, when I, I, when I do get it right, I don't understand how I got it right. Right? And you're confused. And you got to admit something today. Your chooser's broken. Amen. And you need the Holy Spirit to help you fix your chooser. It's just wrong. It's just, it's overwhelming. It's just so disconcerting, right? It's so hopeless and depressing every time you just pick the wrong guy, right? You picked the wrong guy. You thought, for sure, this is the right one, man. He's good looking. He has a car and a cute puppy. He's got to be the right one, <laughs> right? She's so hot. Oh, my Lord, I've never gone out with somebody that good looking, so what happens is we, we choose, again, based on circumstances, based on what we see, and, and it's not a great place to be. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you fix your broken chooser. Don't give up on choosing. You just need to get your chooser right. The third thing you need to know about the doors in your life is a door may be an opportunity from God. Absolutely. It may be an opportunity from God. The good doors you want to go through. Let's go back to our key verse today. Uh, back on the screen, it says this, For a great and effective door has opened up to me, and there are many adversaries. Let's take out the two words there that I think help us see the importance of this verse. The word great and the word effective. The definitions are on your screen. It says this, great, unusually large in size and dimension. Effective, valid or powerful, producing desired results. Now, which one of us wouldn't want to go through those doors? Maybe they sound like the doors you're believing God for. They sound like the doors I'm believing God for. Sounds like I want to go through those doors. Like you would as a businessman who wouldn't want to, as a businesswoman, as a parent, um, as, a, as a young adult. Of course, who wouldn't want to go through those doors? Amen. But why don't more of us walk through these kind of God opportunities? What's up? Why aren't more of us walking through these great doors? 
Why are more of us walking through these effective doors that have all these amazing results to them? Because hanging around those doors are what? Let's go back to that verse. What's the last part of that verse say? And there are what? I can't hear you. There are many adversaries. Absolutely. Other translations use the word opposition. Opposition. See, here's what you got to understand something that I've learned over the years. A lesson I had to learn early in my Christian life. I had to learn this. This was the, one of the best lessons I could pass on to you. Here's the equation, what I've learned over the years. Listen, it's on your screen. Opportunity plus opposition equals God's will. You don't have to like it, but it's true nonetheless. Opposition, opportunity plus opposition equals God's will. When God opens a wide door of opportunity for you, listen, it will be the right door, but it doesn't mean it'll be a problem-free door. That's important. Amen. I'm amazed how many Christians say they heard from God, move forward to do what God told them to do, and at their first flat tire, they quit. They quit. Are you kidding me? They think, well, that must not have been God. I got a flat tire. How could that be God? Or I, this happened, or that unexpected thing happened. So there you go. I must have missed it. And so the devil's right there to tell you, yeah, you can't hear from God. You're just a mess, right? You're just a rookie. Everybody else is hearing from God, but you can't. You don't know the right way. You don't know up from down. And so the devil's right there to what? To add on top of you the, the heaviness of regret or I, I don't have the goods and I messed up and look, I got a flat tire and so forth. Instead of rising up and saying and be wise to understand that oftentimes the flat tire means you were right in the center of the center of God's will. An adversary. Opposition. Right? God never promised that the Red Sea would open wide for you every single time. As soon as you declared, thus saith the Lord, or you would walk in a bed of roses. Um, absolutely not. Amen. Let me tell you something. Where God guides, he does provide. So rest assured, being in God's will, he'll help you solve those problems. Get out and fix the flat tire and go again. Right? Don't, don't sit in the side of the road whining and calling AA, right? Just fix the flipping flat tire. And move on. Amen. See, the bigger the opportunity, the greater potential for adversaries. Wow. It's a good word. And then the perfect amount of grace God gives us to be able to endure and press through the opposition. I've learned over the years, my Lord, how many lessons I've learned this way. I've learned over the years that I made a bigger deal about the opposition in my life than I needed to. See, I just can't blame it on the fact that I'm Italian. I'm emotional. I like my feelings, right? Don't mess with my feelings, right? I, I, I don't want to make that my bottom line, but I like feeling my feelings, right? You Brazilians are no different. Come on, somebody. Don't look at me so spiritual, right? 
you Latinos. I mean, every one of us understand the value of our feelings. Yes, we can all break out in the song, feelings, right? Absolutely, we all get it. But I was making a much bigger deal about all the opposition than I needed to. One day while going through one of those seasons of making a bigger deal about all my drama than I needed to make, I was whining to the Lord and complaining. I'm sure you know what it connects ever, ever, ever whines or complains to the Lord. But this day I was absolutely in surround sound technicolor. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely in all the emotion and hand waving and arm raising that, that could go with it. Why, Lord? Why is it taking so long? What's the deal here? Well, what's, what's, what's in the way here? This doesn't seem right. And it rose up in my spirit, and I heard these words in my heart. Jonathan, the odds have always been against the righteous. The odds will always be against the righteous. Get over it. Get over it? I'm in need of a hug. <laughs> right? I need a kiss on the cheek. I mean, like, pick me up. I'm feeling the need for some love here. Not like, get over it. It was the best lesson I ever learned. And I learned that I was making a much, much bigger deal about opposition, and I needed to get over it because it was in the way. My attitude was in the way. Anytime there was challenge, I was like thrown off. Anytime it was difficult, I got thrown off. And the Lord said to me years ago, I want to teach you how to live in over your head and enjoy it. How else do we succeed? I'm not just talking about ministry. It'll work there. I'm talking about you, businessman and woman. You, family man, family mom to dads, right? I'm talking about you, young adult. You that are in college and university. You that, that are, have a dream in your heart and you feel like you're entrepreneurial. Man, you got to learn that whatever it is that you're believing God for is right on the other side of opposition. you got to understand that. And your attitude needs to be opposition. You better back off because this town is not big enough for the two of us. That's the attitude. That's the opportunity. That's when you realize, man, right on the other side of the opposition is that door. The door you've been believing God for. The door you've been trusting. The door you've been praying for all these years. The door you've been fasting for. The door you've been sowing towards. The door you've been trying your best to be faithful over. Wow. Man, this is good preaching today. I tell you what. Hallelujah. Let's move on here. A door may be an opportunity. An opportunity. Okay, stop it. There you go. An opportunity from God or a distraction from others. I won't spend much time on that except to say, isn't it amazing how many people will tell you what's a good opportunity for you? And it's not about you. It's them. that They want you to come along with them. Right? Sometimes it's a distraction from others. It's like, you better do your own praying. You better do your own believing. You better do your own research before you plant that money in that business or that investment. So a door may be an opportunity from God, a distraction from others, or a trap from Satan. Amen. A trap from Satan. Jesus addressed this in his own life. Right? He asked Peter, or he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? They had a various amount of answers. Peter somehow got it right. 
Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, wow, Peter, A plus, man, you get the star, star of the day. Good for you, Peter. And then Jesus starts talking about his own death, and Peter does what? Gets annoyed. Oh, no, 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 Lord, you're not going to have to do that. And Jesus addresses that attitude and says this in Matthew 16, 23. Jesus turned to Peter, and the same one that got the gold star, and said, get away from me, Satan. That's strong. You are a dangerous trap to me. Now, not Peter. An attitude here is a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Wow. Anytime I look in my future from a human point of view and not God's, it's a trap. Anytime I look at my problems from a human point of view and not God's, it's a trap. Anytime I look at an opportunity from a human point of view and not God's, it's a trap. And you might ask, Pastor, what's a human point of view? Here's a human point of view. Pastor, I got a letter in the mail. I got accepted to that university. That's a human point of view. Pastor, it's better weather. I'm done with all the snow. I'm going to move to a warmer climate. Human point of view. Pastor, it's more money. How cannot that not be the will of God to change jobs? It's more money. Pastor, it's on sale. <laughs> right? It's on sale. Pastor, I, I, my credit went through. I got the loan. Pastor, I've never met a hotter woman. <laughs> Pastor, he is so amazing. Right? Awesome. Every one of those things are not bad within themselves. But every one of them are a human point of view if you didn't ask God first. Just because you got that letter in the mail, college student, high school graduate, doesn't mean it's God. How many high school students we sent off to college because they got a, an acceptance letter and lost them or almost lost them? How many times have people moved away for weather, for more money, for a new beginning, a cheaper house, more money for their bang for their, more money and more opportunity, more bang for their buck, and, and absolutely fell flat on their face and came back, if they did, with a little humility, with their tail between their legs. It's not worth it. Jesus said to Peter, it's not you, Peter. I love you, Peter, but your attitude right now of telling me this isn't God, telling me this will never happen, that's from Satan. You're acting like the devil himself right now, and you cannot live your life from a human point of view. Yes. Let me tell you, just because your heart goes pitter-patter doesn't mean he's the right one. Just because your heart goes pitter-patter doesn't mean she's the right one. Amen. Just because all the, I can go down the list today, I'm, I'm, I'm staying a little longer on this point because I feel like I need to because it's such an important point, but it's absolutely important. Don't assume, inquire of the Lord every single time. It might be God, but just inquire. Don't assume. You need to have some discernment. Number four, 
I won't spend time on this except for you to say, God will open doors for you if you open doors for others. There's something about that boomerang that what you do for somebody else comes back to you. What you would want for you when you do it for somebody else, it's amazing the boomerang effect that is. You know, when you do something good for the house of the Lord, God makes sure he does something good for your house. See, what you do for others opens the door. It's not just you, Lord, doors for me, for me, for me. Maybe you can open a door for somebody else. Maybe you can take a risk on somebody else. Maybe you can take a young man and mentor him or a young woman and mentor him or somebody who needs a job and somebody who has a, maybe a record but their life has been turned around and maybe their, their resume doesn't look very great. Ever see the resume of the disciples? Maybe there's somebody you can take a chance and realize they really have changed. They're not that person anymore. Last but not least, number five. The fifth thing you need to know about the doors in your life, here's an important one. Number five, God will crack open a door to give you a glimpse of your future long before you're ready to walk through it. Why? To inspire you to grow. God knows how to put the bait out in front of us, not to take it away from us, but to realize, here's a glimpse. You see, my wife was 13 years old. That door opened just slightly, and God showed her that she'd be a pastor's wife. At 15 years old, that door opened for me. I got a glimpse, just a little glimpse, that one day I'd be a pastor. It guided us. Oh, I messed up big time in high school. There's no doubt. I went through my rebellious seasons. My dad pastored. My, both my grandfathers pastored. The lineage is very much there, but I couldn't, I couldn't run faster away from that. And, and, and as much as trouble I got in, it, it paled in comparison what could have happened in my life because I had that glimpse. And I pray that your children, younger the better, get a glimpse of their future. Get a glimpse of their future in God. Get a glimpse of how the greatness that's on the inside of them. If you didn't get it as a child, I pray you get a glimpse of it soon. And a glimpse of it, you come to this church long enough and you will get a glimpse of the bigness of God and the greatness of what lives on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. You might not be quite ready, obviously, to live it out, but God shows you. And it's usually something that sticks with you. I never lost that. In my most rebellious years, and, and even though I got accolades and many things and running track and scholarships and the letter in the mail, I had a glimpse. And I knew going after that scholarship, I knew going after that thing, just because I could run fast and long, didn't mean it was God's will for me to spend the rest of my life running. What have you got a glimpse of? See, when you give your life to Christ, when you open up your heart to God's word, when you let those seeds drop in your heart Sunday after Sunday, life group after life group, dream team after dream team, and you let those seeds fall inside your heart, what happens? Man, you get a glimpse. Why? God wants to inspire you. God wants to say, hey, maybe it didn't work for your dad. Maybe he was the unfortunate clueless father. Maybe, maybe mom wasn't so nurturing. Maybe, maybe your life wasn't as great growing up, but let me give you a glimpse of what I have for you. Put you in a place, in the right environment, so you can begin to see just a little bit 
You know, when you go close to that window and you can't see and you, you do one of these things so you could see on the inside. And God wants to do that for you, to give you a glimpse of how great you are. You're a rock star and you don't even know it. You're destined for greatness and you don't even understand it. But God gives you a glimpse to inspire you. That's not your ego. Uh, that's not some narcissistic thing going, no, no, that's the Spirit of God trying to expand your horizon to give you a glimpse of what can happen if you'll just be patient to learn how to walk through the right doors of opportunity. Let me tell you something. God is a destiny for your life. No one can destroy that destiny except you. God won't. The devil can't. And others aren't big enough to destroy God's plan. We can delay it. We can complicate it. We can walk away from it. But when you get a glimpse of who you are in Christ and the bigness of God's plan, you will never be the same again. When opportunity knocks, will you be ready? I'm here to tell you, you need to be. Be about it. Do whatever you have to do. Make whatever adjustments you have to make because God's got some big plans. But you got to be prepared. Preparation is never wasted time. We think it is. When we got four years of college and we're in year one, we're thinking, oh my Lord, I'm not going to use geometry, algebra. I'm going I'm to teach English. I mean, what? Right? We go through those seasons. Maybe you're long and done after all your college education is behind you still not too late to continue to grow and be the best that God has for you. When opportunity knocks, I want you to be ready so you can experience everything, the bigness of God's plan. He loves you. And he has a great, big, wonderful plan for your life. Did you learn something this morning? Come on, stand to your feet with me, please. Wow. Yeah, go ahead. Give God praise today. Lord, we love you. We bless you today. Thank you, Father. With every head bowed, please, my time is up. I've got to tell you today, as your eyes are closed, there's a door that's like no other door. It's the master door. It's the master door. You walk through that door, man, it just seems like there's the potential to understand all the right doors. His name is Jesus today. Jesus stands at your heart's door and he's knocking today. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. If you don't know Jesus today, it's time for you to say yes to him. See, on the door of your heart, there's only a knob on the inside of the door. There's no knob on the outside of the door. God doesn't open the door for you. He doesn't push the door down. It's up to you to turn the knob. You open the door and you let him in. You say, Pastor, I need Jesus today. I need my sins forgiven. Man, I've messed up all my doors. The master door is a healing door. It's a restoring door. It's a whole nother world door. Jesus is that way. I need my heart. I need my sins forgiven, Pastor. I need a brand new start. I need to be right with God. I want heaven as my home.
I'm ready to do this. It's time for you to walk through the door and say yes to Jesus today. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me, please. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high today? I want to pray for you. Yeah, hands all over. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. All in the back, the middle, the front. Thank you. The side. Thank you, thank you. I see them all. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. Yes, sir. Good for you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, young man. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. Wow. Let's all just pray. Pray this prayer together with me, please. Everyone in the room, pray it with me. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I can't do this without you. I've been the boss of me long enough. I need you to be in charge. Forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past. I want to serve you. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I surrender under your Lordship. You're the boss of me now. I receive by faith salvation, forgiveness, eternal life. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.